Welcome, friends, fellow patriots, and fellow citizens to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the president of the We the People Convention. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by the donors to the We the People Convention, and we thank all of them for their support not only you know now but over all the years that we've been doing this thank you to everyone who gives to the we the people convention we greatly appreciate you for those of you who are new to this podcast uh, our our goal is simple this is a news and opinion show meaning that we try to and take all the the news most of which is propaganda throughout the week get rid of the propaganda and try to bring to your attention those things that are most important and that directly affect you, all right? This is show is intended to help you protect and defend your individual liberty, freedom, and prosperity, okay? So that's what the show is, is, is intended to do. So we're going to go through news stories, and then we're going to give you opinions about what do they mean and how do they affect you, and then we take action to defend ourselves, to defend our liberty, to defend our constitution and our nation. So that's kind of, you know, what this show is about. And I greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us. And, and I, we certainly hope that after you watch the show that you can, uh, you know, share it with others and help get more people, uh, to watch this because we think we provide a unique perspective and information you just don't get anywhere else. So thank you for everyone who's, who's joined us today on Saturday, uh, Jan July 24th already. Wow. Where's the year going, folks? It's amazing. All right. Uh, last week, we did something for the first time that I'm going to continue because I think it's important. Uh, we did a moment of silence for the, the political prisoners being held by the Biden administration in Washington who uh, are illegally being held by the DOJ and the FBI. And we're going to prove that to you here shortly uh, because we don't want to forget them. We need to understand that it could easily be any one of us that they're holding in jail illegally with trumped up charges. Okay. And, and we've got to get them out and we've got to bring attention to that. And I'm going to talk to you about our efforts to do that as well this morning. But right now we just want to take a brief moment of silence to say a quick prayer for their safety and their well-being and, and, and hopefully, you know, the, the, give us the guidance for God to give us the guidance to find out how we're going to get them, you know, released from prison and, and set them free. Now, again, if they committed crimes, that's one thing. They're not being held because they committed crimes, as you're going to see. They're being held because this regime is trying to send a message to you and I to not resist. And we're not going to accept that message. We are going to defend our individual liberty, freedom, and prosperity. We're going to defend our Constitution. We're going to defend our constitutional rights. And, and we will defend that against anyone. Okay? So just take a minute now, and let's have a brief moment of silence. Okay, thank you very much for that. I'm going to open up the show today with a, a powerful video from Newsmax by Greg Kelly, who is the first news agency that I've seen really name the prisoners and show you their faces. This is a, a relatively, it's a, it's a five-minute clip, so I'm sorry it's long, but it's well worth it, and it's on the WeThePeopleConvention.org website, but I really wanted you to see this video clip, so here we go. 
Democrats are still trying to milk whatever political gain they can get from January 6th. You heard that there are upcoming hearings that are going to be terribly, terribly partisan and probably very dishonest, as has been the national conversation about January 6th. You've heard it. This is the worst thing that has happened since the War of 1812 in Washington, D.C. It is total nonsense. No one was killed that day except Ashley Babbitt. We'll talk about her in a moment. But what really galls me, the number of people who were arrested yet are still in jail and have not been convicted of any crime. This has been going on and on for months now. Uh, Michelle Malkin, Newsmax contributor, calls this uh, the American gulag, and I agree. I want to start with Jacob Anthony Chansley. Remember him? The horns guy. He was all over the place. Look, I'm not saying he didn't do anything wrong, and ultimately he'll be punished, but he's already been punished, and it's ridiculous. All this time in federal custody, he didn't hurt anybody that day that we've seen. He didn't break anything. He was polite, yet he's still in federal custody. What's happening here without being convicted of a crime? And he is just one of dozens who are still in custody. We'd like to show you some of them. Again, they're in trouble, but this is ridiculous and it's un-American. Zachary Allum, still in jail. Noah S. Bacon, still in jail. Michael Leon Brock, still in jail. Nicholas James Brockhoff, still in jail. Alan William Byerly, still in jail. Samuel Camargo, still in jail. William Crestman, still in jail. Lonnie Kaufman, still in jail. Timothy Lewis Hale Cusinelli, still in jail. Charles Donahue, still in jail. Carl Dresch, still in jail. Michael Joseph Foy, still in jail. Matthew Green, still in jail. Kenneth Harrelson, still in jail. Dominic Pizzola, still in jail. Jeffrey William Sills, still in jail. Anthony Troy Smocks, still in jail. George Tanio, still in jail. Paul Von Bernowitz, still in jail. Jessica Watkins, still in jail. Carrie John Walden, still in jail. Ricky Christopher Wilden, still in jail. Now listen, many of these people may in fact be guilty of a crime, and that's fine. But let's get on with it, okay? And whatever they're guilty of, they're not guilty of insurrection. Don't believe what the media says. Don't believe what Democrats, we've been through the charges. Let's go through them right now. This is what those individuals are charged with, okay? Parading, demonstrating or picketing in a Capitol building, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building, entering and remaining in a restricted building, civil disorder, disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, destruction or injury to buildings or property in special maritime and territorial jurisdiction, wow, entering or remaining in the gallery of either House or Congress. You never hear... You never hear about insurrection when you go through these documents. These documents, by the way, which they have purposely made, um, mm, kind of hard to track. I think they want to make this confusing so people won't talk about them like I'm talking to you about them right now. But remember this, when you hear insurrection, 
they are lying because insurrection is actually there's a law against insurrection. You can be charged with it and no one has been. So when they say this, they are either lying or deliberately ignoring it or maybe just ignorant. Clearly, this was a deadly insurrection. Clearly, they were attempting to overthrow our government. This is an insurrection. Last week's insurrection was shocking and tragic. We've seen an unprecedented insurrection in our capital and a brutal attack on our democracy on January the 6th. There is a presidential-inspired insurrection, plain and simple, an insurrection. The president of the United States incited insurrection against our country. Insurrection was an existential crisis, a test of whether our democracy could survive. All right. It's just hyperbole. It's just for dramatics. This was not an insurrection. And oh, by the way, (laughs) no one had any firearms. Isn't that interesting? I think it's significant. Meanwhile, if you are a left-wing protester slash rioter, You can riot, you can stab people, and you can be walking about just fine. You remember the summer of Black Lives Matter. We're still living with the after effects. Here in New York, a couple of lawyers, no kidding, firebombed a New York City police vehicle, allegedly. They've been charged. This was back in May of last year. Sometime in June, they were let out of jail. These two individuals let out of jail, uh, restricted to home confinement, but that's a lot better than jail. Why? Well, maybe because they're leftists, maybe because uh, they're sympathetic to Antifa. And there are a lot of cases like this. Again, if you're on one side or look a certain way, it seems like you're okay. Let's go through some of the more. All right. So I hope that helped you put names and faces together. I hope it helped you put in perspective what is really going on here. Okay. That these people were out on bail the night they were arrested. We've got people in jail for 150 days. Okay. And I want to give you this website. Uh, This is the Department of Justice website that lists all the capital breach cases. Now, the, the URL is too long for me to, uh, you know, give to you over the, the podcast. But in the podcast, on the podcast page, I will uh, list this as one of the, you know, breakouts and I'll highlight that. And if you click on it, you can go to, uh, the DOJ website and basically you can search, uh, by your state. And find out the people in your state. It has their case number. It has their name. It has what, where they were arrested and things like that. Now we've been trying to use this database because we want to be able to send packages or letters of support to them, but we're getting jammed because you can't get, you, you can't send them anything unless you have their, their, uh, ID number and you can't get their ID number unless you call the DC jails and have like their birth date and their, and their home address and stuff. So, you know, we're just trying to work the problem, but I want you to understand it. I want you to go to this website and see who in your state is being illegally held because they're not being charged. Uh, the way they should be, and and the crimes they quote unquote committed do not in any way justify this. So I had posted at wethepeopleconvention.org a very important story called "January 6th Inmates Endure Human Rights Violations on a Daily Basis." Bail motion, uh, uh, you know, says uh, alleges. Okay, now why was this important? It's because they um, 
they basically, this was the filing of one of the, the legal teams for a, uh, a guy named Dominic Pazzola, who you saw his picture in the uh, Newsmax video. And, and, and basically, I wanted you to understand, when I say they're illegally holding these people and they're political prisoners, I'm not just saying that. There's proof, okay? So here's the proof. Dominic Pozzola, the 43-year-old veteran, now incarcerated in D.C. jail for 150 days, has been effectively shut out of his own defense in violation of constitutional guarantees, uh, specifically for defendants, not just their counsel, the filing says. Not only is Pozzoli unable to adequately view the voluminous text, audio, and video evidence held by the prosecution. This is the 14,000 hours of video that the DOJ and FBI has of what happened on January 6th that they won't release to the defendants, to their legal counsel. Okay. Held by, by like, but like all other January 6th defendants housed a short drive from the U.S. Capitol, his right to attorney client privilege is functionally meaningless. His lawyers, Marty, Tack and Luff and Stephen Metcalf argue. Pozzola has literally been in his cell for 22 or 23 hours a day, the fine says. It is impossible to have a free-flowing conversation with their client in these open cages where there is no confidentiality and everyone can hear their conversation, including prison guards. D.C. jail evidence review policies also have the potential to invade attorney-client privilege and the practical effect of punishing inmates by putting them in restrictive housing for two weeks at a time to private review CD and DVDs of evidence of the jail-provided uh, laptops. The jail has recorded uh, has a record of discriminating against Pozzoli, sending him to the hole, okay, multiple times without reasonable penological reason but rather as retaliation or harassment the father's claim. One of these lasting about two weeks. So he was put in the hole for two weeks, okay, without a single disciplinary charge. And that happened hours after a broadcast was uh, interview with his wife was aired. That's political prosecution. That's, that's, that's just illegal. Alleging human rights violations on a daily basis against January 6th inmates who are not part of the general jail population, the motion claims dozens of them share the same unsanitary nail clippers, exercise is limited at best, access to showers is nearly non-existent, and religious services and haircuts are banned. Why? These aren't animals. They didn't kill anybody. Antifa did. Black Lives Matter did. They didn't co cause billions of dollars of damage to private businesses and to government buildings like Antifa did in Portland and is doing in Portland. Why are we doing this to these people? For one reason. For one reason. Because this regime, the communist regime of the, the Biden regime is trying to punish Americans for resisting. And we will not give in. We will not give in. And so in the, in the article, I asked you, and we always ask on the show for people to do things. So in the article, if you go to this you know, webpage, you know, where, where this story is at WeThePeopleConvention.org, I, I asked you to call your senators, okay? And I put a link in there so that you can call your senators and congressmen and say, go to the jail, Go there and see the prisoners from our state and see what conditions they're in and demand there be, they be released to under, you know, like these lefties were 
under house arrest until their trial. Let them go home. It's up to us to put pressure. Our congressmen don't know this. The video that I, that I just showed you from Newsmax is on the We the People Convention website. Show it to your congressmen. Demand that they act. If we don't stop this, folks, they're going to do it to you and I. That's not the reason to stop it. But you need to understand that's where this is headed if the communists continue to take over our nation, which they are doing. And we are fighting back, and we're going to defeat them. But you got to understand what's going on here. And speaking of you know what's going on here, you know Tucker Carlson. Here's a video, and this is this is amazing. Just listen to how wrong this is. Listen. Abraham now faces 15 years in federal prison. This is a grotesque and a shocking story, but it is real. Mark Ibrahim joins us now, along with his attorney Darren Richard. Thank you both for joining us. Darren Ritchie, first to you as the attorney. It's hard to see, based on the facts and the 16-page charging document that we have read, what exactly the crime is here that would justify 15 years in prison. Well, to me, it looks like we really have a Department of Justice seeking quantity over quality. I don't see any crime here. The particular crime that you just mentioned with regard to 5104, in particular, Section B, describes injuries to properties. No property was injured. No person was injured. No violence was committed. He didn't enter or breach capital grounds whatsoever. There's no crime, and we intend to defeat all of the charges in short order. And there's not even, again, having read it, I can say, an allegation of a crime that I can see, certainly of a felony that would justify 15 years in the charging documents. Mark, thank you very much for coming on. I, I just want to be very clear about one thing. The man who invited you to this event is a longtime FBI informant. He's confirmed that to us. He was a friend of yours. He may still be a friend of yours. While you were there, and I want to be clear on this, he encouraged you to breach the Capitol. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I think he asked me to go with him to protect him, and I think he was there to document. Both him and I were seeking uh, to protect the public that day. We went there with the intention of seeking those who wish to do our government harm to stop them and to protect those who peacefully protest. While I was there as well, I walked up to the FBI SWAT team, a team that courageously entered that building and rescued the Capitol building, and I offered assistance to them. Individuals on that team have my personal phone number. And yes, I was carrying my firearm because I was a credentialed DEA agent. I'm expected to. My brother is a credentialed FBI agent, and he was carrying his firearm. Everyone there was safer that day because both of us had our firearms. I don't think uh, the informant that I brought to the rally that day was malicious or trying to entrap me in any way, shape, or form. But I think we were just trying to do the best we could with what we had. It, it, was, it was chaos. And we went there with the intention to protect the public. So since you are not being accused of going into the Capitol, you're not being accused of brandishing your firearm, of hurting anybody, of breaking anything, of defacing property, of spray painting monuments, uh, which is very common in Washington. Why exactly are you facing 15 years in prison from the Biden Justice Department, do you believe? I don't know. You know, I love my country, and I love my freedom. 
And for the first time in my life, I've had my freedom taken away from me. So, how's that, right? This guy is a former DEA agent. He's brought there with an FBI informant who invites him, who says, I want you to go into the Capitol with me to protect me. An FBI agent. He's supposed to protect him. I think this young man is naive. I think he was set up, okay? And I think this is what you need to understand is going on here. And so there was a, a very important uh, you know, story that came out this week called Watching the Watchmen. And we've talked about this before where Revolver News has said, hey, you know, there were all these informants, these FBI informants at the Capitol, and they helped to instigate. They were asking people to go into the Capitol. This guy just proved it, right? Well, this watching the Watchmen document is a, a breakdown of what happened in the Michigan uh, kidnapping case that happened in October that where the FBI was literally 60% of the people who were supposedly going to kidnap Governor Whitmer from, from Michigan, right? Except the evidence proves that it was the FBI informants who literally came up with the plot, pushed guys to get involved, provided material uh, help for the plot. It was a setup. And this is in October. And this, and, and so the connection is that this was what they did on January 6th. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying this was, and, and quoting Governor or General Milley, right, last week, who I was screaming at, right, the Reichstag moment? Yeah. These are the brown shirts. The FBI and the DOJ are the brown shirts who are literally burning down the Capitol to get us imprisoned because we're the good guys. We're the resistance. They're fighting for the commies. That's what this watching the watchdog story is about. And folks, you know, listen, there's real ramifications here. This ain't, this is, you know that. We all know that. So the guy who has had the horns on and is, you know, they make the most fun of, and I'm not showing you his picture because, because the guy obviously has issues. The QAnon shaman guy. Yeah. So this week, what do we hear? We, we, we hear that uh, he's trying to get a possible plea deal from uh, with prosecutors after prison psychologists found he suffers from various mental illnesses, his attorney said. The man, Jacob Chansley, was diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, and anxiety by the Federal Bureau of Prisons, the defense lawyer Albert Watkins said in an interview with the Reuters. Watkins says the prison uh, Bureau of Prisons diagnosis suggests that Chansley's mental state de deteriorated while in solitary confinement. Right? This guy's not a criminal. He's a, the young man was a patriot. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. He should never been charged or he should have got, you know, a misdemeanor for trespass. They're destroying this young man. Our country, your government, our elected officials, the unelected bureaucrats, the criminals in the DOJ and the FBI. They're the ones who are destroying American citizens for political reasons. And I think I've given you enough proof right here. It's not, it's not even in question. 
And, and at the end of the Newsmax thing, you saw the difference between Antifa and BLM. No prosecutions even. And they killed people, right? And hurt thousands of people. I mean, physically injured people. Billions of dollars of stuff. And now we got these people in D.C. in prison. And, and that Newsmax piece didn't show all of them. There's like 55 of them still there. This is a national disgrace. And we've got to fight it with all our might. And so the disgrace continues because the communists want nothing more than to destroy America from within. And one of their top people who gets paid by the, by the Chinese, go to WeThePeopleConvention.org, search on Democrats and China, and you'll see the article that shows every major Democrat getting money from China. So what does Nancy Pelosi want to do? She wants to have a hearing on January 6th. It's not a hearing. It's a witch hunt. And so McCarthy, the, the you know minority uh, leader, puts up five people to be on the committee, right? Including Jim Jordan. And Nancy Pelosi rejects them. So McCarthy withdraws all of the other people so that this will be seen exactly what it is, as a totally partisan political witch hunt. There is no interest, zero interest, in finding out what happened on January 6th because Nancy Pelosi herself is the one who withheld the troops and the police that Trump asked her to get. Trump wanted 10,000 National Guard to have, make sure the Capitol is secure, and Nancy Pelosi and the D.C. mayor said no. It's on them. They failed to secure the building. They're guilty as hell. They need to be charged, not us. Okay? And McCarthy was a fool for even playing along with this. Why would you appoint anybody to this, this fake Russia, 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 same as Adam Schiff and Newsom and those clowns? Uh, you know, not Newsom, Nadler, right? How much more are we going to take of this? This is this is literally what communists do. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. These people are despicable. They are traitors of the Constitution. They're not searching for justice. They're searching to destroy the American people and our Constitution, and take power over you. That's all they're doing. Yeah, and so we're not being fooled. We're not stupid. This new Rasmussen poll shows, okay, that the majority, two-thirds of Americans, want Congress to investigate the 2020 riots. Now the House Democrats have created a committee to investigate the January 6th Capitol riot, most voters believe Congress should also investigate the Black Lives Matter protests that sparked violence in major cities last year. A new national telephone and online survey by the National Police Association and Rasmussen Reports finds that 66% of likely U.S. voters think Congress should investigate last year's violent protests in which more than 2,000 police officers suffered injuries in the line of duty. 2,000! 21% don't think Congress should investigate last year's protests, and 13% were not sure, and 66% say they should. They certainly found strong voter support for law enforcement on issues ranging for the display of the thin blue line flag for to prosecutions of the so-called quality of life crimes. 
According to the study, 68 cities by the uh, study of 68 cities by the major cities chief association in the summer of 2020, there were at least 574 protests that involved acts of violence, including assaults on police officers, looting, and arson. The number of voters who want Congress to investigate last year's violent protests is higher than the 49% who say they support House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's select committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riots. Okay, Majorities in every racial group and political affiliation support a congressional investigation of last year's violent protests. 67% of whites, 64% of blacks, 66% of Hispanics, and 62% of other minorities think Congress should investigate the 2020 riots in U.S. cities. 75% of Republicans, 60% of Democrats, and 63% of voters not affiliated with either major party say Congress should investigate last year's violent protests. Are they going to do that? No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because they don't want the truth. They don't want you to know the truth. That's what's wrong with this whole thing, right? We are a corrupt society, literally. And, and Dan Bongino had a good podcast on, uh, you can get it on Rumble at rumble.com. That's where We the People Convention also has our podcast as well as on our website and on Apple iTunes, on Roku TV, um, on Amazon Fire TV. But Dan Bugino had a podcast on uh, Wednesday where he said, what are the things that define a third world country banana republic? And the Nancy Pelosi hearing is exactly one of those things. Okay, so don't be fooled. There was no insurrection. These people who, who have stolen our country, these illegitimate people who've stolen our country are going all out to completely remove all of your rights so they can dominate you. And we've got to fight back in every way we can. And when we say we, it's the people we elected who are our congressmen or senators Right, our attorney generals, our governors have to fight back, and they only fight back when you stiffen their spine by calling them, writing them, and when you see them in person. We need warriors. We're at war. We need to fight back. So, because I'm in Ohio, and in because I'm in Akron, Ohio, which is in in the Northeast Ohio Cleveland market, I have to comment on the Cleveland Indians changing their logo to the Guardians, changing their name from the Cleveland Indians to the Guardians. Okay, um, you know, this is just another case of basically, you know, political correctness, wokeness, but it's also a case of compelled speech. You know, you can't call your team what you want because this tiny minority of leftist agitators have completely dominated these institutions and intimidated them. They've used force. We haven't done that. We need to learn how to do that. Here's a statement from the owner, Paul Dolan, who, uh, when he announced the name change from Indians to Guardians. In 2018, the team stopped wearing their contentious Chief Wahoo logo during the games, but continued to sell merchandise featuring the same image that was long protested by Native American groups. That's a lie. Last December, team owner Paul Dolan announced the organization was going to begin the process of renaming the club. Hearing firsthand the stories and experiences of Native American people, we gained a deep understanding of how tribal communities feel about the team name and the detrimental effects it has on them. 
We also spoke to local civic leaders who represent diverse populations in our city and who highlighted the negative impact of our team name has had on broader population and on underrepresented groups across our country. He went on to say that the George Floyd riots also moved him to do this, right? So let me just take that apart for you for a second, okay? Here's a poll that was done by the Washington Post, okay? WAPO, the lefties, right? The big lefties. Has the outrage and controversy controversy over the decades-old name of Washington's NFL franchise been more of an example of media hysteria than actual offense? A new Washington Post poll conducted over a five-month period makes the case plainly that Daniel Snyder may have been correct all along. Despite massive media coverage about Native American protests over the name Redskins, the poll shows that only a tiny fraction of Native Americans care about the issue at all and that a vast majority uh, don't even consider the term Redskins offensive. Nine in ten Native Americans say they are not offended by the Washington Redskins name. That shows how few, that shows how few ordinary Indians have been persuaded by a national movement to change the football team's moniker. The survey of 504 people in every state and the district revealed that the minds of Native Americans have remained unchanged since the 2004 poll by the Annenberg Public Policy Center found the exact same response. Responses to the post questions about the issue were broadly consistent, regardless of age, income, education, political party or proximity to Indian reservations. Yeah, when you get 90% saying it doesn't bother them, you're not going to have much discrepancy, right? Uh, this must come as a shock to the social justice wars who plagued the Washington Redskins over the last several years. As the Post notes, it also might surprise their lawyers who have tried stripping cider of trademark protection by claiming the term is objectively offensive. Okay? So, here's the deal. Paul Dolan was had. He's, he's, he's out of touch. He's naive, right? Because he was only talking to a minority of radicals. Let me make this clear. The Cleveland Indians name after Chief Wahoo, you can say Chief Wahoo, the image was, uh, you know, was, was not, uh, complimentary to the look of who an American Indian was. It was a caricature. Okay. So getting rid of Chief Wahoo was one thing. The name Indians doesn't offend anyone. It's not offensive. And these polls show it. And every poll done here in Ohio, in Cleveland, no one wanted to change the name. No one. Okay? So here's the deal, folks. The, you know, I think it's uh, uh, Jim Quinn, a radio announcer who I love at uh, Quinn War Room, uh, uh, Jim Quinn, the warroom.com. I listen to him every morning. He's, he's about 80 years old now, one of the smartest guys around. He always says that the left always has anything they do has the opposite consequences of their stated intention. Okay? So let me make something totally clear to you. No one in America would know anything about Native American Indians or give a rat's ass about any Native American tribe if it wasn't for sports teams' names. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nothing helps them more than the Florida State Seminoles. It's important that they have some connection to these, to their bravery and their, and, and, and the, the positive aspects of Native American Indians, even though folks, that's also BS. Because if you look at Native American Indians, they were nasty, brutish people who murdered neighboring tribes and raped and pillaged them consistently for hundreds of years. 
They weren't these the noble natives that the left wants you to think. But we do highlight their best thing, and they are important, and they are people, and they deserve some representation. Get rid of their names from sport teams, and they will disappear from history because no one will care. And that's what the left is doing. They're hurting the people, right, that they say they're going to help. Here's another example. West Virginia judge blocks uh, uh, judge blocks West Virginia law banning transgender students from girls' sports. Okay? So this is the left again. Now listen, I was in sports for a big part of my early life. I worked at, at, at colleges and in high school. I coached track and field and tennis and basketball. And, and I was involved in sports. I fought for Title IX. I fought for women's rights. Because when I started coaching women's teams, we were taking vans and the men's team was taking chartered buses. We would get uniforms every five years. They would get new uniforms every year. Okay? It was unequal. We fixed that with Title IX, okay? Now, this judge comes along and says, uh, Judge Joseph R. Goodwin, a Clinton appointee, wow, what a surprise, said, if West Virginia wants to treat people differently, there must be a compelling reason to do so. I have been provided with scant evidence that the, this law addresses any problem at all, let alone an important problem, the judge wrote in a 15-page opinion. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice, a Republican, signed the Save Women's Sports Bill in April. The legislation requires the state's public schools to allow biological females only to compete in girls' sports. An 11-year-old transgender, mentally ill, gender dysphoric girl uh, who identified only as BPG in court papers, challenged the state law, arguing it violates the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution and demonstrates de discriminates on the basis of sex. Important word. Judge Goodwin's injunction halts enforcement uh, of the law and allows trans girls to compete in sports with biological girls. BPG wishes to compete in girls' cross-country and track. Born a male... He, she was diagnosed with gender dysphoria 2019. It's a mental illness and began puberty delaying treatment last year. She is represented by the American Civil Liberties Union, which refers to her as Becky on social media. Okay, so let's get something straight. The law that this Clinton appointed judge says, right, that you know, violates uh, you know, the Constitution and discriminates on the basis of sex. Yeah, guess what? The law says you shall not discriminate on the basis of sex, not gender, and not gender dysphoria. Sex is determined by chromosomes, okay? By your physical, biological makeup, by your DNA. He, that boy is not a girl, will never be a girl. You can give them whatever damn drugs you want because you're abusing mentally ill people, okay? That's what you're doing. But the bottom line is, the law says you shall not discriminate according to sex. This law should be appealed. This ruling should be appealed and, and, and should be overturned because fortunately, we've kept the left from changing the civil rights laws and things to add, you know, things like gender into it. That's wrong. But again, the ACLU, Women's rights, the left, they fought for Title IX. Not because they really wanted women to be treated fairly, because they wanted to destroy men's sports, which helped make men strong, make men men. 
That's what they did. That's why they did Title IX, okay? Don't get them wrong. That's what they did. So now what are they doing? The people that helped them, they're going to destroy them. Just like the Native Americans, right? Yeah, we're going to help them while we destroy you. Just like gays. Talk to anyone you know who's gay about how they feel about transgenders and how transgenders are destroying gays, everything they fought for, right? This is nonsense. And any country that can't differentiate between a male and a female is doomed. You cannot accept this. You can never say, I, I believe in transgenders. There's no such thing. They're mentally ill people with gender dysphoria. That girl was just, that boy was diagnosed with it. Get him mental health, but don't discriminate against girls because they're healthy. And here's another case in sports. Nick Saban, Alabama players approaching 1 million in NIL payments, endorsements. The coach of Alabama came out and said that now this court ruling that just took place a couple weeks ago that said that uh, players in college have the right to their own likeness and can get money from like video games or you know uh, anytime someone uses their image. And, and I celebrated that. But now when I heard Nick Saban speak, I think I was wrong. I think I was wrong. See, because the the racist and greedy, I mean, racist, nothing's more racist, racist than the NCAA because they've been using slave labor to make billions of dollars for themselves for the last 50 years, right? They recruit these black kids out of ghettos who are athletes and who never get a college degree and they make tons of money on TV contracts and merchandise, Right. And then those kids, quote unquote, got an education, except they're out on the street selling drugs two years later because they had no education. OK, so what happened in that Supreme Court case? Well, instead of the NCAA agreeing to pay student athletes in the sports that make money because they should be paid. Right. Well, they didn't want to give up their money, the racist NCAA. So they decide, well, we'll agree that you can get paid by outside people, right? Because then you get your money, but we don't lose any of our money. But Nick Saban put something out here that was really interesting. Someone said to them, well, what's the, what's the repercussions of the fact that your quarterback is going to get paid a million dollars for his likeness when the offensive lineman that's protecting him is going to get zero. And Saban said, I don't know. We're in uncharted territory. He said, all our whole history of sports has been that every player has been treated equal. And if the NCAA, right, the greedy, racist NCAA had agreed to take some of their billions and pay players, all the players, like $15,000 a year, right, while they played sports and give them an education, they would have all been the same. You wouldn't have had a problem. You got a problem now because you're making a million dollars and I'm not making anything. Maybe I don't catch that touchdown pass. Maybe I don't make the block and that defensive end comes in and knocks your head off. What is the left doing again? They're going to destroy sports. Why? Because sports is important to culture. Okay. The Cleveland Indians are named the Cleveland because it, it's called affiliation. It's a strong psychological thing when you can affiliate 
with people and it brings people together. It helps with race relations. We're all in the stadium together. We don't care what race you are, what creed you are, what height you are, what gender you are. We don't go, damn, we want the team to win. We're all cheering for the Indians. That's what sports does. They're destroying that. And I'm telling you, I, and I, I mean this, I've spent 30 years of my life in sports. This could be the end of sports because the people who most support the Cleveland Indians, this is a small market team that just gave up, you know, Francisco Lindor, our star player, because we couldn't afford to pay him. If you lose 30% of the old guys because they want to be Indians and they're not guardians, you're done. The franchise moves. It goes to a bigger lefty city. You could lose the Cleveland Indians within five years. I mean that. You could lose college football right now. Because you know what's going to happen? The woke people like Stanford and uh, the Ivy League teams, right? And North Carolina, they're going to say, oh, the players are getting paid more than professors. You know, we can't have this. We need to go back to where you just play out of love of the game, no scholarships or anything. They'll start to destroy. You've already got, then you're going to have just total inequality. Because Ohio State pressured the legislature to pass a law to agree to allow students to make this money in our state. Why? So they could compete with Alabama in recruiting. You know what? They're just going to end up going all to the pros. Because there'll be no distinction now. That's the left wants. These are things that hold a nation together. Your sports teams. They help you get through life. Right, Your life may not be going well, but your sports team is winning. It balances out. It makes you feel a little better when you're down. When you're doing okay and your sports team is not doing okay, hey, you still cheer for them because they're your team. The left is trying to destroy that. Wow. Okay. I got to do a couple more things there. And I, I know this is going to be a long podcast, but I hope this is helping you. So I told you that we were going to start to promote our uh, bill, barn billboard pro campaign, Trump won barn billboard print campaign. Okay, so here's a picture of the front page of the WeThePeopleConvention.org website, and you'll see right on the front it says our barn billboard plan help restore America. Okay, and so it's right there on the front page. Now I haven't publicized this, and when you click on that link, you will see our plan to take control of our country, and there's a video there, and this written out explaining. How do we intend to take control of our country? What are the steps, right? And I've talked to you before. It's We've got to first prove the fraud. Then we've got to promote the fact that the audits prove the fraud. We have to demonstrate that the, uh, you know, the Biden and Harris are illegitimate. And then that statement that's on the, you know, the, the, the billboard, right? We will not let you steal our votes. We will fix the fraud and we will throw you out. Okay. Well, that's very important stuff because we need to, you know, we need to establish that this is illegitimate, right? I mean, there's the billboard. So if you go to that web page, you can then order a billboard or make a donation to help support the billboard. You see the green and red buttons there. Okay. This is important. Because we've got to figure out a way to, A, get public opinion on our side. The majority of Americans have to believe the 2020 election was fraudulent, which it was. 
Okay. Then we have to go one step further and we have to make sure that we can pressure the Republicans to fix the laws while, while the, the left is screaming Jim Crow 2.0, they got to say, nobody's buying that. We're going to fix this so that people come out and vote in 2022. Then we've got to elect warriors in 2022, people who will impeach Biden and Harris, people who will defund the FBI and shut it down. Okay. And then we got to win in 2024. Now that's a lot of steps, but this campaign gets us to that step. Okay. Now what, what's important here is we need a triggering event. And I know that many of you know that Mike Lindell just offered $5 million to any expert who can come in and debunk the, the information that his team has about the, uh, the communications between China and other countries and voting machines in boards of elections. He's calling it his cyber symposium and he's, and it's going to be streamed live. Okay. And the event is August 10th and 12th, uh, streamed live at frankspeech.com. That's, that's, you know, Lendell's new web page website that it, it, he can stream on. And $5 million will be offered to any attendee who can prove that this cyber data is not valid data from the November 2020 election. Okay, help save our country and make this the most watched event in history. I'm hopeful because I really believe as a technical person myself that what Mike Lindell has, this is IP addresses of machines in China and in boards of elections that show communication of voter data on the night of the election and the days after and even before. They've captured this. This symposium, they are taking this data and they've got all these volunteers who are going to literally tie it to each board of elections so that we, the people, can go to our board of elections and say, here's proof that your Dominion machine was hooked up to the internet and was sharing data and we want a forensic audit of your Dominion machines. That's the evidence that I hope is going to trigger our campaign, right? Our, our, you know, Trump won barn billboard campaign. So it's coming in a couple weeks and we're going to have to deal with that and be ready to launch. So tell your friends to go to wethepeopleconvention.org, click on that button right on the front page, watch the video, read about it. This is our plan to retake control of our country by 2024. Okay. So thanks uh, you know, for doing that, and, and that's another action item for you to do, okay? So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the second half of our show. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and we're back with the second half of our show. You've got two you know, asks right now. One, call your congressmen and senators and ask them, demand that they go to the jail in D.C. and visit the citizens of your state to personally see the conditions that they're being forced to live under and, and bring attention. If you got a bunch of congressmen going to that jail, there'll finally be news coverage. 
okay, and then come outside and do a press conference right on the sidewalk and say, I demand that these people be released. They're being held illegally. Their, viol- their, their rights are being violated, all right? And then, you know, go to wethepeopleconvention.org and get start, you know, finding me places where we can put barn billboards, meaning big barns, factories, warehouses, you know, large silos, buildings on major roads in every state of this country. And we will, if you send me that, you know, there's a little button there. You can order a billboard. We will ship it to you free. Tell us how big you want it, what address you want. We, the People Convention, through your donations, will pay to have them printed and ship them to you so we can start convincing the American people that the audits prove the election was fraudulent. Trump won. You know, Biden and Harris are illegitimate. You won't steal our, you can't steal our votes. We won't let you. We're going to fix the fraud and vote you out. That's the message we got to get across. Okay. Now let's talk about, uh, you know, the more madness that we go on to here. The Delta variant, right? The Delta variant. You know, Joe Biden goes on his uh, stupid little, uh, you know, press announcements and stuff and says, Oh, the only people dying from the, uh, the Delta variant are that people who are unvaccinated. Yeah, one problem, Joe, 75% of the Israeli deaths were vaccinated. One problem, Joe, Most uh, 40% of the people in Britain who are, are going to the hospital with the Delta variant were vaccinated. It's a lie that only the unvaccinated are dying. It's a lie that the vaccine is safe. It's a lie that the vaccine protects you. It's, it's, it's absolutely clear. And so I posted this story at wethepeopleconvention.org because this is a brilliant story by Daniel Horowitz at The Blaze, where he talks about what we've learned from India. So let me talk about that, okay? Rather than pro- proving the need to show to sow more panic, fear, and control over people, the story from India, the source of the Delta variant, continues to refute every current premise of COVID fascism. The prevailing narrative from Fauci, Walensky, and the company is that Delta is more serious than anything before, and even though vaccines are even less effective against it, right, its spread proves the need to vaccinate even more people. Unless we do that, we must return to the very effective lockdowns and masks. In reality, India's experience proves the opposite is true. In India, they learned that Delta uh, is largely an attenuated version with a much lower fatality rate than for most people is akin to a cold. So it's as dangerous as a cold. The, 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 the death rate, the fatality rate is two tenths of a percent, folks. Two tenths of a percent. Mass failed to stop the spread there. That's not a, a study and opinion. That's the fact in India. The country has come close to the herd immunity threshold with just 3% vaccinated. Okay? Most people are now getting cold-like symptoms from Delta, but to the extent countries hit uh, hit by Delta suffer some deaths and serious illness, they could have been avoided not with vaccines and masks, but with early and preventive treatment like Invermectin. Simple over-the-counter treatments, just like you take with the cold or flu. In other words, our government is learning all the wrong lessons from India and now Israel and the UK. Let's unpack what we know occurred in India and now in some of the other countries experienced a surge in cases of the Indian Delta variant. The Indian Council of Medical Research recently conducted a forced nationwide serology test, which we aren't doing here in the U.S., 
<clears throat> right? And found that 67.6% of those over six years old in June and July had antibodies. So the serology test is not did you get vaccinated, not did you have COVID. Do you have antibodies? In India, 67.6% already have antibodies, including 85% of healthcare workers. This is a sharp increase from the 24.1% level detected during the December-January study. What can we conclude? We, what we can conclude definitely is that strict mask wearing, especially among healthcare workers, failed to stop the spread one bit. Yet now they have achieved herd immunity and burned out the virus with just 3% vaccinated, with roughly one-sixth of the death rate of the U.S. and U.K. and less than one-half that of Israel. Okay? The latest data, speaking of Israel, the latest data from the U.K., uh, uh, not Israel, U.K., shows that the case fatality rate for Delta is just two-tenths of a percent, much less than the other variants. And we need not speculate with generalized studies. The raw data shows that since May 1st, there have been approximately 1,300 deaths in the UK out of roughly 1.1 million confirmed cases. But those are confirmed cases. The likely infection fatality rate is much lower because now more than ever, people are avoiding testing and UK media has been reporting for weeks that the symptoms of Delta for most people appear like a cold. And so here's a story where the UK health minister came out and said, a starting coronavirus uh, you know, patient being admitted, a startling share of patients being admitted to UK hospitals, 40% were fully documented. In terms of the number of people in hospitals, we've, we've been double vaccinated. It's around 40% and 60% of the people being admitted to the hospital do not have the virus. So did not have a vaccination. Okay. So there's your proof. That UK is experiencing this, all right? But what does this mean? In Israel, the same thing is being observed, which is slightly behind the curve. The country has had just 20 deaths so far in July, but 15% of them were people who were vaccinated. So Joe Biden's a liar. And he's, he's really a liar because what happened to the, the Democrats who fled uh, Texas to not have to, to pass the common sense election laws that will make voting fair but cheating hard, right? They flew Texas unmasked on private jets to Washington, D.C., and what has happened? A bunch of them, all of whom were vaccinated, got COVID. Why would you get a, a vaccine that doesn't protect you if you already had COVID? And yet they're saying they want you to do that. This is nuts. That's why you shouldn't do it. And that's why people don't believe these clowns. And now here's the other big lie, right? The only people who aren't getting this vaccine are Trump supporters, are deep South, you know, Southern state Republicans. That's who's that's who the evil people are. Damn you all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting story. Who are the real COVID vaccine refusenicks? Hint, not what you've been told. The Biden administration uh, stung by missing his vaccine targets and the rising COVID-19 cases has decided to blame Republic Republicans. That's not surprising, but it's traditionally Democratic groups, minorities and the young who aren't getting vaccinated, and it's leftists who are the most influential anti-vaxxers on the planet. Uh, political report recently, the Biden administration is casting conservative opponents of this COVID-19 vaccine campaign as dangerous and extreme. But wait a minute. The states with low vaccination rates also tend to have larger minority populations, and blacks are the least likely racial or ethnic group 
to have been vaccinated with Hispanic second, uh, second uh, least likely, according to Kaiser Family Foundation. Okay, so here's a chart. There's a big chart that shows, okay, by Asians, whites, Hispanics, and blacks. And you can see that Asians have the, are 65% vaccinated, whites are 48, Hispanics are 41, and blacks are 36%. Okay, now, why is that important? Well, in fact, in six of the 10 states with the lowest vaccination rates, they have a larger than average black population. Alabama and Mississippi, for example, are states with the lowest vaccination rates in the country. They are also states that have some of the highest share of blacks, 38% in Mississippi, 27% in Alabama. Louisiana, the fifth least vaccinated state, has 32% black population. And Georgia, the sixth lowest vaccination rate, has uh, 31% black population. Those people didn't vote for Trump. Majority of them, they should have, right? Because they're being used. But they're the ones not getting vaccinated. Do you see how Biden and the left and the media are lying to you? Guess what? It's not Trump people. It's Democrats. It's leftists. That's who the problem is. But no, no, no. They're just going to demonize you, right? Because that's the whole point. The whole point is not to act and do good governance, is it? No, this is not about good governments. This is about punishing people for political reasons. This is all about politics. And that's why these people are a disgrace. They're un-American. They have violated their oath of office. They need to be removed. These are impeachable offenses. You are in a position that affects the lives of millions of Americans. And because of your political ideology, you're willing to lie to them and say the vaccines work when they're clearly failing and, and completely ignoring natural immunity. There's no serology testing going here in the United States, but there was in India. How come we don't know how many people in the U.S. have natural antibodies, which all the testing proves in past podcasts that that's better than a vaccine? How come they're not doing that? Yeah, because they're evil. Because they don't care about you. Because they only care about their own power. And you can die, as far as they're concerned, as long as they get power. That's what communists do. That's why this is a, an existential threat to your individual liberty, freedom, and prosperity. They're trying to kill you, your children, okay, and our country. I'm not, how am I, how am I making that up? How is that hyperbole? When they're making children wear masks that the studies have shown to deprive them of oxygen, make them breathe carbon dioxide, put germs against their mouth when there is no threat to them at all. How's not that, that not trying to kill your children? What gives them the right to kill your children? Why would you let them kill your children? So here's another example. And I put this story out because I always am trying to give you perspective, help you see the broader picture, talk to you about the things that no one will talk to you about. This is a very important story. And I emailed it out and I texted it out. South Africa, what is happening in South Africa is important to you. South Africa, the first country built on critical race theory, officially implodes. Okay? And so we put this story at wethepeopleconvention.org. What does this mean? It's, it's a precursor. 
It's a, it shows you exactly what's going to happen in our country if we don't destroy these people who want to teach critical race theory. They are not just misguided or caring people who just have it wrong. This is a Marxist strategy to destroy your children, our country, our families, and create civil war. Because guess what? In South Africa, they're creating civil war. The civil war. The United States is next if we the people do not crush this evil now. So here's some quotes from the story. The meltdown of South Africa isn't a natural disaster or a random fluke. It's a choice. South Africa was the first modern nation to be refounded on the anti-white principles of critical race theory and is now reaping the whirlwind of that choice. South Africa did everything that is being done in America right now as a hyperdrive, multi-ethnic, uh, hyper-diversive, multi-ethnic, multilingual society. South Africa has followed almost every prescription embraced by the globalist ruling class. South Africa's dominant African National Congress Party is corrupt and ineffective, but its most dangerous rival is one of the most radical political parties to enjoy representation on earth. The economic freedom fighters vow to seize white-owned land without payment, nationalize the banking system and mining sectors, and double welfare payments. But the EFF isn't a radical outlier in South African politics. It's the natural endgame for the country's post-apartheid Marxist ideology. For decades, the South African economy has been shaped by policies known as broad-based black economic employment. Despite its name, there's nothing based about BBE, BBBEE. Instead, the policy uses the same tactics to achieve, quote-unquote, equity that activates the United States, activists in the United States are demanding here, okay? BBBE relies openly and explicitly on injecting racial preferences throughout the economy. Companies receiving BBBEE scorecards based on hiring black workers, elevating black management, and giving black South Africans a share of ownership. Companies with high BBBEE scores are given favorable tax treatment and preferences in government contracts. Corporate actors are strongly incentivized to give contracts to high BBBEE scores as well. The results are predictable. The country is just being destroyed. They don't have water. They don't have electricity. They now have civil war. Okay, because they they've split the, the population. There is no one South Africa, right? We're you know it's it's all split on racial terms because right all those Dutch people who had the farms and stuff they got those illegitimately. So we're gonna just take them from them by force. The government's gonna do that and give it to people who aren't qualified to do crap. Okay, again, equity is not the same as equality. Equity is Marxist. Equity is the, you know, to each according to their needs and, and according to their abilities, right? That's not what makes civilization work. What makes civilization work is merit-based advancement. So what's happening in South Africa is what's happening in the United States. They are, they completely blew up all their mining, which is their, their money. Okay. All their, their infrastructure by appointing people who were unqualified to key positions to get these credit scores, right? Because they were minorities or because they were some person that had, you know, was, was being, you know, said was being oppressed. This is death. This is death. Take your baseball team, take your Cleveland guardians and don't pick the best players. 
just pick people because of their color or their gender. Let's put some transgenders on the baseball team. Let's see how baseball looks that way. It's madness. This is our future if we don't destroy them, not, not fight them. Throw them out of our schools, okay? Throw them out of your company. Throw them out of our government, okay? And so we, we had a, a, you know, a thing this week that came out uh, after a conservative's backlash, Department of Education scales back critical race theory, right? The move comes after several months of conservative-led activism against the left-wing ideology, which alleges that white people and racial minorities in the United States, respectively, belong to the oppressor and oppressed classes. Uh, the, the Department of Education, you know, had a proposal that was lauded, that, that lauded the New York Times landmark 1619 project in April, the, after Biden was, took over, the regime took over, uh, they, uh, they, they lauded the New York Times 1619 project, which emphasized the role of slavery as a core reality in the founding of the United States and quoted from How to Be an Anarch Anti-Racist by Ibram McKendy. The New Times dropped both references and appeared to avoid any other nod towards critical race theory, right? So you would say, oh, that's a victory. We got these clowns at the Department of Education to, you know, to take those terms out of their, their recommendations for teaching in, in our public schools. But they're liars. They're liars. They just changed the words. They're going to change their actions. Look at this. Look at this story, right? 5,000 teachers pledged to teach critical race theory against state law. Given the current woeful state of education in the United States, it would be bad enough if the unions representing its teachers did only what they claim to do, agitate for more tax dollars and less accountability. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Relying heavily on its 40, year wor 40 years worth of member dues, money confiscated without permission from millions of teachers who didn't share their ideals or objectives, government unions like the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers have become major players in the nation's political arena and funding almost exclusively the most liberal agenda imaginable, including many candidates and causes that have nothing whatsoever to do with schools. Case in point, more than 5,200 teachers have signed an active pledge to continue teaching critical race theory to their students, even if they work in one of the 26 states currently developing legislation to ban the curriculum. The pledge, which simply states, we, the undersigned educators, refuse to lie to young people about U.S. history and current events, regardless of the law, is the brainchild of the Zinn Education Foundation Project, which demands American students be taught the truth about this country, that it was founded on the depossession of Native Americans, slavery, structural racism, and oppression, and structural racism is a defining characteristic of that society today. Yeah, the Zinn Foundation. Yeah, that's the guy who wrote the book that our high schools have taught to all of your kids and my kids that basically only highlights what America did wrong. Nothing about what we did to fix it, right? The book literally is totally focused on the sins of America unjustly and out of context, just like the 1619 Project. These clowns now want teachers to sign a pledge to teach this to your kids, even if it's against the law, right? That's who you want teaching your kids, right? People who don't believe in the rule of law. Because leftists don't believe in the rule of law. They don't believe in fair elections. They don't believe in, in, in equity. They believe in power. 
okay? So they're going to teach this to your kids, not because it's true, not because it's right, not because the law says they can, because they hate America, they hate you, they hate our kids, and they're communists. That's why we're begging you all to run for school board. And if you run for school board, you need to understand something. You're not going to change the union. You're not going to get along with the union. We just talked about how the union is controlled by the Marxists and the left. You have to take over your school board and then cancel or when it comes up for renewal, not sign a union contract. You need to defund them. You need to free the teachers who've been imprisoned by them. Here's a factoid. 98% of all union employees in the United States have never had a chance to vote on what union represents them. It's a rigged game. They use unions and teachers unions specifically to extort money out of you through property taxes to fund these Marxist ideologies, to destroy your children, to corrupt your school. And every administrator in your school, including your superintendent, used to be a teacher, and they believed the same Marxist ideas. They need to be thrown out. All employees in your school district need to be at-will employees. At-will. That's like everyone else who works, right? You can be fired anytime. Because there's laws that protect you against discrimination and firing because of age or some other protected category, right? So you don't need the union to protect you for that, right? So guess what? If you throw the union out, there's no law, by the way, that says you have to have a union contract. That's a myth. That's not a law at all. Now, they'll strike and they'll cry like little babies and they'll tell you, you know, oh, you're, you're, you're going to get rid of the tenured teachers and they're all the good teachers. No, they're usually the bad teachers. You get rid of tenure. And you know what? The good teachers, they'll make more money than ever because you'll cut about 40% of your costs if you get rid of the unions and you'll be able to reward good teachers like they should be rewarded and get rid of the bad teachers who are sucking up all the money. That's how you fight, folks. Run for school board. That's how you fight. Okay. So let's go you know, to some things that we've been talking about. I've been telling you our real enemy, our mortal enemy is communist China. We talked last week about the article that says China owns the swamp. We just heard this week that John Podesta, the guy who was Hillary, Camp Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, whose email got hacked because his password is password. Yeah, he signed on to be a lobbyist to the Biden administration for Huawei or Highway, the, the technology company that uh, China has that they use to listen in on your telecommunications and 5G and all that stuff. It's part of their, their you know, campaign to, to go to, you know, countries in Africa and Afghanistan. We talked last week about their Belt and Road plan where they put infrastructure in and this Huawei company is their telecommunicator. It's their AT&T. Okay. John Podesta is going to lobby for this, these Chinese with the Biden administration. Yeah. China's our enemy. Here's what they said this week. China threatens to use nuclear bombs continuously. You got to love this. The Chinese Communist Party has reportedly released a video uh, circulating around the internet that threatens a launch a continuous nuclear war on Japan. In the five-minute video, China apparently vows to attack Japan, Japan with nuclear bombs if China uh, if Japan. Uh, intervenes in China's conflict with Taiwan. 
China declared a full-scale war, scale war against Japan. The Taiwan disagreement escalates, uh, and and basically in, they intervened. China said Japan will be the exception to China's stated policy not to use, use nuclear weapons against countries that don't have nuclear weapons. We will use nuclear bombs first. We will use nuclear bombs continuously. We will do this until additional surrender comes from Japan for the second time. There will be no peace talks, says China at the end of the video. The Chinese will just obliterate Japan if you dare to help defend Taiwan. Yeah, I think that's a serious threat. Yeah, I think you should take that very seriously. They're not kidding. They're just not kidding. Here's another thing that just just blows your mind. So this week, there was the, the big deal about uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon went into space on his rocket, which looked like uh, a, 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 a f- was was roundly, you know, laughed at because it looked like a phallic symbol. OK, but uh, he went into space and, you know, he's a billionaire. And so this is kind of another advance towards, you know, citizens being going to space. His whole crew were not asked, were not you know, technicians or astronauts. Yeah. At the end of this, he lands. And while he's talking about his flight into space, he announces that he's going to give a hundred million dollars to Van Jones for his courage and civility. You can't make this up, folks. Jeff Bezos announced he's giving away a hundred million dollars each to activist Van Jones and humanitarian Jose Andres, during a press conference Tuesday morning following his 10-minute space flight with his company, Blue Origin. At the end of the press conference, Bezos said, I have a little surprise for you. I am announcing today a new philanthropic initiative, the Courage and Civility Award. It recognizes leaders who aim high and who pursue solutions with courage and who always do so with civility. Bezos said that we should question ideas, not the person. We need unifiers and not vilifiers. We want people who argue hard and act hard for what they truly believe. We do have role models, Bezos said before the slideshow introduced Jones as the first recipient of the $100 million award. The award is designed for the recipient to give the charities of their choice. Bezos has a net worth of $204 billion, and he just gave $100 million, which is nothing uh, of his money, to Van Jones. After being announced as the winner, Jones came on stage and said, I appreciate you, Jeff, for lifting the ceiling off of people's dreams. The self-avowed communist did not specify how he intends to use the money. The press conference then aired a video praising Jones for bringing together climate justice and racial justice, both of which are communist ideologies. Bezos said, I bet Van Jones is going to do something amazing with this $100 million. I don't know what yet. I bet he doesn't know what yet either, but it's in your hands, Van Jones. $100 million he just gave to an avowed communist who wants to destroy our Constitution and your civil rights, and we just let this happen. You think you could do that in China? How about if Jeff Bezos, who does all his business with China, who's in the pocket, how about if Jeff Bezos gives $100 million to the people fighting for freedom in Hong Kong? Think Jeff Bezos would do that? Yeah, you know he wouldn't. This is nuts, folks. But that's what we're fighting. What can we do with $100 million? What can Van Jones do with $100 million? How many district attorneys who want to completely destroy our rule of law could Jeff Bezos or could Van Jones help elect 
with $100 million. If you gave us $100 million, we would wipe communism out of this country. You can't imagine what we could do with $100 million because we usually work with a million dollars, okay, or less. It's unbelievable. You need to know about that. You didn't hear that on the news, did you? You didn't hear Jeff Bezos do that about Hong Kong, did you? Yeah, you didn't have Jeff Bezos say, uh, I'm going to give $100 million to help free the Unger, uh, the Ungers who are being imprisoned and used to make the goods that Jeff Bezos sells on Amazon. I'm going to give $100 million to help free those people from slavery. You, you didn't hear Jeff Bezos said that. But yeah, but we should be really proud that he went to space. Yeah, the guy should be in prison, okay? He's, because he enslaves people. Because he's, a, he's, 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 again, you want insurrectionists? Van Jones is an insurrectionist. Van Jones has called for the destruction of our country. You don't give him a million, hundred million dollars. You put him in jail. And until we put these people in jail, we're not going to have a country. This is way out of bounds, folks. Here's something else way out of bounds. Okay. You got to love this one. Shades of Clinton. Joe Biden uses private emails to send government information to honor. Emails on the laptop seized by the FBI show State Department information flowing from the vice president to son regarding the reasons of an American prisoner. Um, this prisoner was in, uh, I think it was in Iran. Messages uh, sometimes signed dad from the email account um, robinware456 at gmail.com were found on Hunter Biden's laptop seized by the FBI in December 2019. Yeah, but of course, the FBI has had that laptop now for two years. No charges. How are you a third world country? When your law enforcement people do stuff like that. That's how you're a third world country. Okay. Here's another one. Google admits, finally, Google confirmed employees listened to snippets of conversations recorded by their phone and by the Google assistants. The tech company giant made the admission during a closed-door meeting with Indian government officials, although it has clarified that it only uses snippets of recordings to improve the device. Yeah, anybody believes that, uh, you know, it's just a fool. Sources also told India Today the company uh, admitted that its AI assistant will at times record audio on a smartphone or a smart feature, smart speaker. Okay? We've been saying that all along. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You conservatives, you think everybody's spying on you. Yeah, they are spying on you, okay? They are spying on you. Uh, and, you know, we just got to understand that that's what's going on. Uh, there was a story that, that came out this week uh, about this software that uh, human rights activists, journalists, and lawyers across the world have been targeted by authoritarian governments using hacking software sold by an Israeli surveillance company, NSO Group, according to an investigation into a massive data leak. The investigation by the Guardian newspaper and 16 other media organizations suggests widespread and continuing abuse of NSO's hacking spyware Pegasus, which the company insists is only intended for use against criminals and terrorists. But of course, they sell it to governments who use it against you and I. They sell it to the NSA. They sell it to the FBI and DOJ who use it against citizens who are lawfully exercising their constitutional rights. Pegasus is a malware that infects iPhones and Android devices to enable operators of the tool to extract messages, photos, and emails, record calls, and secretly activate microphones and cameras. Okay? Now, the Pegasus Project. That's what they're doing. And that's the question of our time. What is freedom? How can a people be free in an internet world where every single thing you do 
is tracked. How do you protect your freedom? Well, a lot of you were interested in and excited about this uh, this thing that came out this week uh, called How to Conservatives Escape Big Tech Censorship, Meet the Freedom Phone. Okay, meet the freedom phone. Well, you know, I had people write to me, so I investigated. I'm in the telecom business, so I know a little bit about phones. This thing seems suspicious to me. So here's what I found. This week, a 22-year-old self-described Bitcoin millionaire introduced the Freedom Phone, a $499 device meant to be completely free from big tech censorship and influence, reported PC Magazine. But it turns out the same smartphone is actually from China and probably just a cheap knockoff. The Freedom comes from Eric Finman, who unveiled the device early this week. He claims the product has everything Trump supporters could dream of, including an uncensorable app store, Pre-installed conservative-friendly apps, including Parler and Rumble, and even its own anti-surveillance surveillance operating system called Freedom OS. However, the Daily Beast noticed the Freedom Phone looks strikingly similar to a budget smartphone device from a Chinese vendor called Yumadigi. The device is called the Yumadigi A9 Pro. You can actually buy it over on the Chinese e-commerce site AliExpress for $119. Feynman told the Daily Beast the Freedom Phone was indeed sourced from Umadinji, a company based in Shenzhen, China. The uncensorable app store opens the door for hackers and shady developers to circulate malware and data collection programs to users. We're also doubtful the Freedom Phone has its own operating system if it can run apps such as Parler and Rumble in addition to Signal, Telegram, and Brave. And by the way, Pegasus, the thing I just talked about, they now say that they can listen to your signal and telegram and, and, and things if they have that on your phone. Anyway, the, the, the Daily Beast added the Freedom Phone's uh, Freedom OS operating system is based on Google's Android operating system, according to Finman. But during a live stream, they couldn't really, you know, prove what they were doing. They're, they're just very sketchy on details, okay? Uh, there's no information about the phone's operating system, storage, camera, CPU, or RAM capabilities, uh, it's it's just completely been put out there with no information. Go to their website. You have to pre-order, but there's no information. But Gizmo also shares uh, Gizmodo also shares a philosophical thought. Before we get into the specifics of why this device probably sucks, let me say that the desire to have a phone that is dedicated to protecting our autonomy and privacy is a reasonable one and should be encouraged. That said, I don't think the Freedom Phone provides that. Actually, aside from its advert. Partisan bent, it's impossible to tell what kind of device this is because Finman hasn't provided any information about it at all. Okay? Don't buy the Freedom Phone yet. But the idea of a phone that's a Freedom Phone that stores all your stuff locally and doesn't share it with everybody, it's got to be coming. It's got to be coming, but this ain't it. So don't get excited. Okay. Now, this is a good story. I'm going to end with some upbeat stories and then we'll wrap this up. Okay, we talked about you calling your governor and and saying we want you to send people to Texas and Arizona to help stop this insane million person going towards two million people illegal invasion of our country. Texas began arresting illegal immigrants for trespassing of part of Governor Greg Abbott's border security plan. Uh, so far, they've only arrested 10 people with more in a way, authorities said Thursday. The detainees are being held at what has been an empty state prison in Diley, Texas, about 100 miles north of the border city of Laredo, according to Robert Hurst, a spokesman for the U.S. Department of Texas Criminal Justice. The covert facility will, hold more, will be able to hold more than 950 people, but then they're going to send them back. 
okay, after they arrest them. So this is not catch and release, right? I love and I hate the fact that all the Fox News and all these guys talk about, oh, you know, they uh, they they caught, you know, 180,000 people crossing the border. What they don't tell you is they just released them into the United States. They didn't send them back like Trump was doing, okay? This is what's wrong about this. So instead, like we showed you last week, they're bringing them into your community. And your governor's got to stop them and send people to the border to help Texas do this. We cannot have millions of people illegally coming across our border. It will destroy our country. Not because these are bad people. It's because of what the Democrats and the left are trying to do. Flood the zone. Change the voting in, in, in red states. It's all about politics and money. Not about justice. As we know by what they're doing with Cuba. They don't care about refugees. They care about power. All right. Now, most of you who watch this show uh, know, you know, heard me promote doing promos for Liberty Camp for Kids in, uh, you know, in April, May time frame. And the camp sold out here in Portage County, Northeast Ohio, Lake County, Geauga County. And we had a great week. This week I was at Liberty Camp for Kids. Uh, Liberty Camp for Kids made the front page of the local newspaper. Liberty Camp for Kids teaches how we became American. Is that a great headline? And we're on the front page of a totally leftist newspaper. It was awesome, folks, but that's what you can accomplish. I'm going to show you some uh, pictures of what was happening at Liberty Camp for Kids, um, you know, over the weekend. So you can sort of see that while I'm talking. The bottom line is these kids had a, a, an incredible experience where they signed the Declaration of Independence. They found out wh what form of government we have, a representative form of government, how the local, state, and federal governments work together. They threw uh, boxes of tea uh, off of a ship that looks like the Beaver that was actually the ship that had the tea on it in the Boston Harbor, okay? And they threw the, the tea boxes off and they shouted, no taxation without representation, they, they met the founding fathers. They, they took out their shoes, wrapped their feet in, uh, in cloth and went across a, an ice water pool to, to feel what it was like to be a revolutionary soldier in Washington's army when they crossed uh, the, the river to go to, to feed the Hushan soldiers in Trenton. Their feet were cold. They felt it. They carried, you know, guns, fake guns. They fought. They, they simulated the Battle of Trenton and the victory there and why it was important. Those kids will never, ever forget this experience, ever. No one will ever be able to tell them that America was founded on racist principles. No one will ever tell them, be able to tell them that, you know, that their individual freedom and liberty isn't protected by the Constitution. That's why we did Liberty Camp for Kids. That's why I'm so proud. It's, to me, it's the best thing that we do, that we've done in all the years of the Tea Party. I would love to see Liberty Camp for Kids in every historical society in the country. It was awesome, folks. You would have loved it. You would have loved being there. So I'm going to close with this video from the uh, the Lake County Geauga, Lake County uh, Liberty Camp, where these kids are singing, proud to be an American. Listen to this.
I love the USA. That's what you need to teach kids. That's what we did. Congratulations to Linda O'Brien and her team. Brings out the kid, 72 young kids to sing a song like that. And they went on. I mean, it, it went on. The video was longer. They sang all the verses. And, and congratulations to uh, my wife, Nanette, and, uh, and Ann Kaczmarek, and, uh, and Brenda Derriberry, and Rita Scott, and the people, uh, uh, you know, Pat Stevens, and you know, so many volunteers, I can't name them all, that put on our Liberty Camp for the 10th year. What an achievement. It's awesome. The fight's not over. The fight's never over unless we quit. I'm not quitting. You're not quitting. We cannot quit. As uh, the, the thing I put at the end of my podcast from Churchill tells you, okay, you better fight now while you can still fight because there will come a time when you can, you'll have to fight and there's no way to win. Okay. I appreciate all of you sending things to me. If you want to contact me, go to uh, send emails to info at we, the people convention.org. I need you to do that. I need you to go to the front page of our website if you haven't done this already, and you'll see the little blocks there that say, give us your phone number, give us your email address so I can contact you about action items and things we need to do. You see the buttons there that where all the voter fraud information is there. That thing's updated every day. The podcasts are there. Learn how to take back our schools. You can contribute there. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org, but give me your phone number and your email so I can stay in contact. And most of all, tell other people about this, share these things with them. And one last thing I want to tell you about is, I don't know if you've noticed, but when I send out a notice to say, hey, the podcast has been posted, on the podcast page on our website, I list the times when all the different stories are told. And now I've been putting hyperlinks on where I can so you can actually go to those stories or videos and share them with other people, okay? So we added that because one of you suggested we do that. It takes an extra half an hour when we do the show to do that, but I think it's worth it, and I hope you'll take advantage of that, okay? So thank you for tuning in. We greatly appreciate you. We appreciate all your support. I'm excited about the Barn Billboard program. It's an actual plan to retake our country. Everybody else talks. They got no plan. We got a plan. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org, watch the video, read the article, tell me where we can put up a barn billboard, donate to support it, tell other people about it, share that page. That's our main effort to restore our country. Okay? If you don't understand it, go to you know, wethepeopleconvention.org and go to the page. Let me just put it up again uh, you know, where you can see it. You know, this is the page that says Trump won. You know, the audits prove it. Our plan to take control of our country. That's our plan. We've got to do it. We've got to execute the plan. It's going to take money and effort to do that. I need you to take personal responsibility. I need you to make sure that you find billboard locations in your state and that we have the money to pay for them. Because this will work when Mike Lindell you know, has the evidence, when Arizona has the evidence, when Georgia has the evidence, when these courts start ruling, those are illegitimate vows. They need to be thrown out. When we start changing the laws, we need this, this marketing plan to control the narrative and motivate people to fix the laws and then motivate people to come out and vote in 2022. We don't do that, folks. It's over. We're headed for civil war. We're headed for South Africa. That's, that's why I showed you the South African story. We're going to be honest with each other, right? 
We're not here to lie to each other. We're not going to blow smoke. We're in a tough spot. This is World War III. This is what it looks like. It's a different war. But we still got to fight it. And as always, America's got to win it or the world is lost. All right. We'll be back again next week. You keep fighting the fight. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and you've been listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast.